Welcome to the Soto Health and Wellness Podcast. We are the Soto Brothers. I am Samuel Soto, doctor of physical therapy. And I am Joseph Soto, a physician. Together, we are board-certified medical providers who specialize in internal medicine and physical therapy. Our mission is to promote longevity, health span, and wellness in order to prevent illness and injury so we can optimize the human experience. Any information on diseases and treatments available at this channel is intended for general guidance only and must never be considered a substitute for advice provided by a doctor or other qualified healthcare professional. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare professional with questions you may have regarding your medical condition. So Joe, what is PCOS? So PCOS actually stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it's a very, very, very common cause of infertility in women of childbearing age. So PCOS, anywhere from 5 to 10% of the population is affected. Um, the main cause of PCOS has, actually has to do with insulin resistance. And I think of PCOS more of a metabolic disease and a hormonal disease versus, versus other things which, which people have characterized it as. So what do I mean by insulin resistance? Basically, PCOS is a condition where insulin levels are too high in the blood. And basically, any condition that will cause you to have high insulin levels will lead to PCOS. So, and there's, a, there's basically a criteria that people use to diagnose PCOS. It's called the Rotterdam criteria. You need two or three things in order to make that diagnosis. One is you need to have hirsutism, which is a medical term that means ex excess hair. So women, they know they have hair on their face, you know, other unwanted areas. That's one criteria. The second criteria is that you need to have what are called cysts on a transvaginal ultrasound. Now, they're actually not cysts. They're actually follicles. So believe it or not, PCOS is actually a misnomer. It, it actually was <clears throat> characterized by the appearance of the ultrasound many decades ago. But it turns out that they're actually not cysts. They're actually follicles. But that's the second criteria. Um, and the, the third criteria is that you need to have some sort of changes in the menstrual cycles, whether that's absent, absent periods or, or few periods. So that's, that's basically how we diagnose PCOS. Now, like I said before, PCOS is really a disease of high insulin levels or hyperinsulinemia. And we'll get into the treatment in just a second. But essentially, just know that PCOS is caused by high insulin levels. Welcome to the Internal Therapy Podcast, where we combine physical therapy and internal medicine to help you prevent disease and injury. I am Samuel Soto, doctor of physical therapy, and you just heard my brother, Joseph Soto, a physician. So thank you for that introduction, Joe. Please tell us more about PCOS. So who should be concerned about potentially having PCOS or like what age groups is this more prevalent in? And, you know, for the listener out there, should you be concerned about this? The answer is yes to all of those questions. So I believe everyone should be concerned about this. Uh, if you're a woman from, from, from the childbearing age up until age 45 and beyond, uh, then you should, you should definitely be concerned because PCOS is on the rise. And there are many causes of infertility, Obviously, PCOS is one of them, but it's actually becoming more and more common. And believe it or not, I believe that there are many, many women, I would say in the thousands, if not millions, that have undiagnosed PCOS. Hmm. 
because we have so much metabolic disease in this country, ranging from diabetes, cancer, heart disease. PCOS, I like to call type 2 diabetes of the ovary. Wow. What do I mean by that? Well, why is it type 2 diabetes of the ovary? Because if you think about PCOS, what's really happening? What is, a, what is behind the pathophysiology? So like I mentioned, it's high insulin levels, okay? And that in turn leads to high androgens. Now, what does that mean, androgens? These are the male hormones such as testosterone, DHEA, and etc. Th- those are the main two. So PCOS is, is, is essentially you have too much androgens, which leads to hair growth in unwanted areas, uh, lack of periods, weight gain, you know, mental health issues. And all these, all these things, they cause PCOS. So everyone, I believe, every woman listening to this should be concerned mm-hmm. because there are many things you can do to prevent this. And if you already have PCOS, there are many things you, that you can do right now to actually reverse PCOS. Yeah. And we'll talk a lot more about that as we go on. But it's, I, I would say everyone should, should, be, should be listening to this. Yeah, and I think, there, like you said, people that are undiagnosed with PCOS. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are undiagnosed and a lot of people who, you know, this condition comes with a lot of shame. Um, and there's been a lot of people in the media, like celebrities, actresses that have come forth to talk about this condition, like Jillian Michaels, uh, I think her name is Leah Michelle from Glee. Uh, so it's definitely becoming more normal to talk, to talk about it. And it's definitely something that all women should talk to their doctors about and um, definitely get an accurate diagnosis if you have this. So, Joe, I want to talk a little bit about insulin because you mentioned increased insulin can can um, or insulin resistance can lead to PCOS. So we did speak about insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity, sugar. We spoke about this in a diabetes episode, but just uh, g- give a quick little summary about what, what these words actually mean for the listener. Yeah, so insulin is a hormone that is produced by the pancreas. The pancreas is a horm- is a is a gland that sits on the back of your of our abdomens and they produce insulin. And insulin is actually a very important hormone because it regulates glucose. Glucose is essentially sugar. So we need insulin in order to regulate the glucose levels in the blood. It's actually a, a very important for other hormones to regulate other hormones. It turns on certain hormones and turns off certain hormones. It leads to growth, it leads to weight gain. There are even studies that show high insulin levels can lead to cancer, heart disease, you name it. It's, it's all of the above. So basically, insulin is the main driving factor in PCOS. It is the single number one factor that causes PCOS. And it's not just insulin resistance, but it's actually high insulin levels in the blood. And it turns out that most physicians do not check insulin levels in the blood. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. a very important point. I know you mentioned um, a fasting insulin test right is that right fasting insulin test so do you think one of the reasons why pcos is so undiagnosed or maybe misdiagnosed in this country is because many doctors don't check for that fasting insulin level that could potentially lead to a a more accurate diagnosis or potentially lead somebody to make lifestyle changes especially women in that childbearing age to make lifestyle changes in due time so they can help prevent pcos entirely is that is that true yeah i I believe that's partially true that's part of the answer um obviously yes most physicians do not check fasting insulin level and it's a shame because high insulin levels are actually the culprit behind most chronic diseases that plague our society like i mentioned hypertension 
diabetes, cancer, heart disease, fatty liver disease, infertility, which is PCOS. All of this is from high insulin levels and it's not being checked. It's just not. So, and so, so what actually causes insulin resistance? Like what, what foods, what, um, what, what things can, can lead to somebody being insulin resistant, which can help with their PCOS or help prevent it? So many things can cause insulin resistance and high insulin levels. I would say the number one factor is your diet. So if you're consuming a diet that is very high in refined carbohydrates, very high in sugars, very high in carbs in general, then you are at severe risk for developing PCOS. Because essentially what's happening is when insulin levels are high, because you have a diet that's too high in carbohydrates, in, in vegetable seed oils, which are known to be inflammatory, <clears throat> sorry, inflammatory, that's going to lead to high insulin levels. And <clears throat> we, live, we live in a society where, where we really do not have a good diet. We, mm -hmm. we eat very crappy diets, right? The standard American diet, which is consistent diet, highly... Yeah, the sad diet SAD. consists of highly processed grains, sugars, I mean, processed food. And <clears throat> that is what's driving all these metabolic diseases, including PCOS. Mm -hmm. Listen, PCOS is just another manifestation of metabolic disease. Right. And as a, in the medical community, we, we like to complicate things. Instead of making things simple right. and, and, and just like you know, treating all, everything at once, we'd like putting things into boxes and you'll hear all these different criteria and different hormones that we have to check. We have to check testosterone and progesterone. Stop. All we need to check is insulin because insulin and actually testosterone, those are the two most important hormones that you need to diagnose PCOS. Mm -hmm. If your testosterone level is high and your insulin level is high, then you have PCOS until proven otherwise. And obviously, you also need to have some of the symptoms, which is hirsutism, absent periods, inability to have a child or conceive for, for more than a year. If you have any of these things, then, then you have PCOS. You, you actually don't even need ultrasound to diagnose PCOS. Is that what they if usually you, do? Yeah. And, 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 and I find that a lot of providers, instead of taking that approach, which to me makes sense, they, they start... They start complicating things and checking hormone levels and, and pathways and, and prescribing things that don't need to be prescribed. And it just becomes a whole mess. If, if you just check the insulin and the testosterone, that gives you 90% of the story. Right. Yeah, I mean, essentially, food is like medicine. And I think with many medical comp like problems, we, we try to put everything in a box and categorize it. But essentially... I think the majority of diseases are caused by maybe like f a couple things. Essentially, food is like medicine. Food is so important. What you put into your body, guys and girls, is gonna dictate your health. And if you're if you're fueling your body like like fueling a car with bad you know bad gas, the car is not gonna run well. So fueling your body with healthy nutrients and also exercise, which we'll talk about soon, uh, I think that's really the best treatment and and prevention for PCOS. So yeah, the single, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sam, go ahead. Yeah. So I think, I think one main thing I want to talk about is infertility because, you know, that could be very scary for, for a woman, you know, between the ages of like, you know, childbearing ages, that could be very scary if they were diagnosed with PCOS and they're trying to have a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine being yeah. told like, you know, you may not be able to have a kid because of this and not even knowing that it's caused because of your diet and lifestyle. 
and thinking it's like some genetic thing or thinking it's uh, something out of your control and it's because mm-hmm. of your brain and your hormones. Like you said, it's, it's most of the time it's not that complicated in terms of the cause. So for the woman out there listening, you know, let's talk about infertility. Like, are people who have PCOS more likely to not be able to have kids? And is there a way to to prevent that? So the answer is yes. If you if you have PCOS, then by definition, you are you are considered less fertile. Fertile. You are considered it is considered more difficult for you to have a child because you have PCOS. Because again, let's, let's break this down. PCOS is a metabolic disease. It's a hormonal disease that affects your ovulation. So if you, if you have PCOS, that means that it will become harder for the ovary to, to, to make contact with the sperm, which is what you need to conceive. And the problem with PCOS is that you have all these all these follicles that, that show up in the ovary, but they're basically dysfunctional. So even though you have a lot of them, they actually don't work or they're not, they're, they're, not, so they're not working as they're supposed to work. And that's because of a hormonal issue, the hormonal issues. Like I said, you have high testosterone levels, you have high insulin levels, you have high DHEA levels. And that's a hormone that's released from the adrenal gland, which is from the kidney. You have um, low estradiol or low estrogen. So this is a hormonal problem, but the master hormone that regulates all of this is called insulin. So if there's one thing that you can do to treat or prevent PCOS is lower insulin levels. If you're able to lower the insulin levels, then you're essentially, you're going to reverse PCOS because that is the driver hormone that drives the whole process. It starts with insulin. And insulin drives high testosterone, which is why we see that women have all these symptoms. So that's the way that Mm -hmm. you have to think about PCOS. It's actually lower insulin levels. Yes. So lifestyle changes. Um, Since we're on the topic of diet, let's talk about a a new study that you were telling me about in Italy, I think, where they implemented ketogenic diets and, um, and found some benefits with PCOS. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So there's a there was a study out of Italy that was published a couple of years ago that essentially essentially asked the question, can we treat PCOS with a ketogenic diet? So I'm sure many of you have heard about the ketogenic diet. It's very popular. A ketogenic diet is a diet where your total carbohydrate intake is less than 30 grams per day and you start tapping into the fatty acid metabolism. So you, and you want to use ketones. When, when we use, when our bodies use fat as fuel, the byproduct are called ketone bodies. So that's where the word ketogenic diet comes in. It's you're using the ketones as, as, as energy. And there's been a lot of research into the ketogenic diet um, in terms of seizure disorder, you know, cancer, metabolic disease. But it turns out that for PCOS, ha- uh, adopting a ketogenic diet might, may actually help with, with reversing PCOS. And that study, basically what they did was they took uh, several women that had PCOS and they, they, they adopted a ketogenic diet for a 12-week period. And at the end of the study, they found that all the women had less testosterone, less levels of insulin, less hirsutism, and overall their metabolic panels and their metabolic profile was improved, which indirectly correlates with fertility. And this was a very strong study. 
Um, if you want to check more about the study and read for yourself, we're going to link in the description below. But that's a, that was a very strong study that came out of Italy a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it, it just proves that lifestyle changes and, and dietary changes really, really can help with PCOS. It's really fascinating, the, the, the impact of ketogenic diets on... We spoke about mental health. We spoke about bipolar, schizophrenia. We spoke about ketogenic helping diabetes. We spoke about now ketogenic diet helping with PCOS. So it's 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 really clear to me that as a society, we're deficient in protein. We're intaking too many processed carbohydrates, too many processed sugars. We're not exercising enough. And it's leading to to problems uh, in men and women now, and now for you know infertility and this is huge this is we're talking about a population issue here you yeah. know we're talking about an underpopulation issue we're talking about not being able to have kids because of what you eat guys and girls yep. so really it's it's very important to get the awareness out and that's why we chose to do this episode because we really want to help people prevent these kinds of things on the show so yeah let's uh let's talk a, a little bit about supplements joe what do you think yeah, go ahead, Sam. So I, I know that you've been doing some research into supplements and how supplements can help uh, women with PCOS. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so when it comes to the physiopathology of PCOS, like the actual like root of cause of PCOS, there's been there's been a positive correlation that's been shown between, like you mentioned, insulin resistance and elevated homocysteine levels. Can you just explain what homocysteine is for the listener, Joe? So homocysteine is basically it's a molecule that's it's 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 important in B12 and folate metabolism. So right. when B12 is is either too ho- too high or too low or folate, you're going to you're going to see abnormalities in the homocysteine. Perfect. And also another molecule called MMA, which I won't get into cuz that's it's too technical. So homocysteine you can see on a blood test? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, positive correlation has been shown between insulin resistance, which again is insulin not functioning properly with 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 the, with the cells in your body and the sugar and elevated homocysteine levels so this study showed that insulin resistance obesity and increased homocysteine levels re- were related to low b12 concentration in women with pcos so once again we talk about b12 b12 is a b vitamin it is a vitamin that's very very important for your overall health for your nerves it's important for metabolism and it is primarily found in animal products. Animal products, okay? Mm-hmm. Meat, red meat, uh, uh, fish. It's it's found in you know red eggs. meat, chicken, eggs. You know meats, animal products, fat. That's where it's found, guys. And people who have deficiencies in B twelve, there's associations between that and PCOS. And another thing is, one of the treatments for PCOS, unfortunately, in our country is metformin. And mm-hmm. metformin is a drug used to treat da-da-da-da, diabetes, insulin resistance. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Metformin inhibits the binding intrinsic factor B12. So not only are you deficient already in B12, but now you're taking a medication to quote-unquote help with your PCOS like metformin, and now it's inhibiting the binding of B12 even more. All right? Yep. So that's that. So, I, you know, definitely look at, take a look at what you're eating. Um, again, I just want to mention, we did a podcast on the vegan diet. We're not here to vilify the vegan diet where you're just mentioning the facts and the research. And the vegan diet is inherently deficient in B12. 
So make sure you are getting enough B12 and the best source of B12 are animal products. The next thing I, I looked into was vitamin D. It was found that women with PCOS who are obese had significantly decreased vitamin D levels. Vitamin D is very, very important for metabolism. It's very important for overall health. Again, it's a vital vitamin. We need it. We get it from the sun. It helps convert. Uh, the, the, the process is converted through the sun rays hitting your skin, entering your organs. We need it, guys. And, and if you're not getting enough sunlight, you can supplement. The next thing is carnitine. Carnitine is a compound found in fatty acid metabolism oxidative stress mechanisms, and glucose metabolism. And according to a clinical study, non-obese women with PCOS have significantly decreased L-carnitine levels when compared with healthy women without PCOS. So this is a significant decrease. This is not a, a slight decrease. There's significant decreases in B12 and carnitine. And carnitine is found in animal products. Okay. Yep. It's found in animal products. It, it, you can't. There are certain things that you just can't supplement the same with. You can supplement, but it's not the same. It's not the natural bioavailable source. So definitely look into carnitine, guys and girls, or just girls. I keep saying guys, but women listening yeah. most likely, right? Um, and and the next thing I want to talk about is omega three fatty acids, which Joe, you'll talk a little bit more about, but. You know, we got to look at omega-3 fatty acid levels, omega-3 supplements, getting it from your food. And um, yeah, so talk, tell us a little bit about omega-3s. Yeah, so omega-3s are an incredibly important uh, fatty acid that is super important for brain development, uh, for the cardiovascular system, vascular system development. But again, omega-3 is so important because it, it, if you don't have enough omega-3, then that's going to tip the balance be between more omega-6. And mm. omega-6, they're not all bad, but if you have too much omega-6, that can be inflammatory. So that can lead to inflammation. So you really want to have uh, a net, net positive balance of more omega-3 and less omega-6. So it's just so important for, for, for you know, treating and preventing PCOS. Yeah. So that's, that's very important. So I spoke about one medication used to treat PCOS, but obviously there's many more, right? So tell us a traditional way to treat PCOS. You know, what are the traditional and most common medications used, procedures done that are kind of like taking people back on a different path in terms of the, the best way to treat it, like the most holistic way to treat it? What is, what is the most common thing that's happening right now in terms of treatment? So currently, it turns out that the treatment associated with infertility it actually accounts for a huge percentage of the healthcare costs in this country. So when we think about what is actually taxing the healthcare system, we think about imaging. So please check out our previous episode that we did on imaging. We think about drugs and we think about procedures. Well, it turns out that procedures in terms of infertility is actually a huge, 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 huge component of the healthcare system in terms of cost. And the big one is actually something called in vitro fertilization, IVF. IVF is can run anywhere from ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. Okay, Jeez. for for a potentially 
for a condition that I, that can could potentially be reversed with diet and exercise and supplementation That's crazy. and lifestyle. Yeah. So if we think about a cost perspective, then I mean that's that's insane. Okay, that's number one. Number two is that our standard of care for PCOS is actually medication based, and I don't have anything against metformin. I actually think metformin is one of the greatest medications that we have because metformin actually gets to the root of all the all problems of of of, of health. This is the reason why people who take metformin they actually have less rates of cancer less rates of diabetes, less rates of, of fatty liver disease, because it attacks the problem, which is metabolic disease. Listen, most diseases that plague our society are literally five things, and they all come from high insulin levels. Hypertension, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, and high cholesterol, metabolic uh, dysfunction. It's all from high insulin. So metformin is, a, is obviously a great idea, but if you could just do diet, why not just do diet? Why not just do something called intermittent fasting, which will definitely lower your insulin levels? Why not just stick to a diet that's low in carbohydrates, high in fat and protein? That's something that I forgot to mention. Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about evolution, wh what signaled the human body that a woman was ready to, to give birth, was ready to, to conceive? Actually, it was, the, it was the presence of fat. So the more fat right. that you had, not like adipose fat, I'm talking about fat in, in, in the diet, right? In, in the environment, yeah. that signaled to the human body that, okay, we're safe and, and we can actually have a child and, and we can procreate. So fat is such an important macronutrient that we are under consuming in yeah. society. Yeah. And you cannot unpair fat from protein because both of them come together. For example, meat has fat and protein. You can't mm -hmm. just get fat and, not, and no protein. They come together. And unfortunately, um, a lot of women, they don't consume enough fat and protein. And, and it's not their fault. It's because of, of, of what the mainstream media is telling them to do. You know, eat more grains, yeah. less protein. Fat is bad for you. Cholesterol is bad for you. Yeah. But what's happening is they're running into all these nutritional deficiencies, which Sam just told you about. Carnitine, B12, choline, vitamin omega-3s, vitamin D. Where's all this found? Animal products. You can't find this in other things. If you if if you do find it, it's going to be in very low quantities and very not bioactive. Mm -hmm. So that's metformin. Now, this one really bothers me. Wait, I just want to make one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we really need to make this clear to the listener. We have three macronutrients in life, in the world, that we need as humans. Protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Just because it, the word is fats doesn't mean it's going to make you fat. Okay? You need fat. It's just like you need protein. Just because you eat protein is not going to make you Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. It's not going to make you a bodybuilder. If you, you know, It's not going to make you b bulky. Okay? Just because you eat fat is not going to make you fat. What's going to make you fat is what Joe just said. Processed carbohydrates, sugars, grains, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? That's what's going to make you fat, not exercising. Don't fear protein. Don't fear fat. You absolutely need it for your reproductive hormones, for, for healthy menstrual cycles. You need it. So I, I really just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and again, all this is related. Um, just because you're trying to, to, to get pregnant or trying to conceive 
doesn't mean that everything all, all of a sudden magically changes in the human body. Nothing has changed. It's still the same hormones, the same biochemical pathways. But obviously, we live in a society where we're, we are already metabolically unhealthy and we're trying to have children and trying to conceive. Yeah. But we never fix the problem, right? The root problem is the lifestyle. It's what we're eating. It's the processed foods. It's the grains. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the high-carb diet. It's the soda. It's the you know, excessive amounts of, of, of vegetable seed oils. And Halloween it's candy. Enough. Yeah, Halloween, Halloween candy. Halloween candy. Come on. No excuses. Yeah. No excuses. <laughs> yeah, no excuses. And also, not enough fat. Please. Guys, when you listen to this, go to the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and, and repeat to yourself, fat will not make you fat. Say that over and over again until it's stuck in your brain. Yeah, stop eating getting fat, the low-fat Greek yogurt. Stop getting the low-fat chobani. Yeah. Get the, fat get, the fat, not, get the fatty yogurt. Yeah, get the, get to, the fatty the fat. steak. Get the ribeye steak with the fat on yes, it. Yes, you have to eat fat. Obviously, I'm not talking about trans fat from a fast food restaurant. No. You want to get good quality fat, but you mm -hmm. have to eat fat because fat is the building block for hormones. Yes. Wow. Who knew? And what's a hormone? Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all this. These are hormones. And PCOS is a hormonal problem. Yes, that's right. Hormonal and, and metabolic problem. Yes. So please get your fat up and get your protein up. Mm -hmm. That's going to tell your body it's, it, I'm safe and it's, and it's okay. And it's time to potentially have a child. The, the other way is that you're just telling your body, no, well, I'm not ready. Like your body is, 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 is in a shock system. It's inflamed. Now, I want to talk about birth control. Oh, because yeah. birth control is, is currently, I believe it's the second line treatment for PCOS. So first line metformin, second line birth control. Wait, so they give metformin even to, even to uh, women with PCOS like early on? Yeah. Like, like yeah. super early, like they're like maybe yeah. like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to give them metformin. They do. Oh my they God. Do. They do. I, and I've seen it. I've seen it. And again, it's, it's, it's not a bad, it's a, actually a great medication. But when, when you fail to, to mention diet and lifestyle and, and rely on a medication, you have failed. If you have not addressed the underlying root cause, you have failed. You have failed the patient because you're not telling them what is causing that. Okay, a medication will never be as effective as lifestyle, period. It just never will. Unless you have pain or, or, or some very specific situation, anesthesia, that's different. I'm talking about chronic diseases that plague our society. We need to get to the root cause of the problem, which is lifestyle. And if you do have pain, we're going to talk about how physical therapy can help soon. Yeah, I'm going to be asking you about that, Sam. But let me just talk about birth control and then we'll move on to okay, exercise. go ahead. So birth control is, is, is currently the second line treatment for PCOS. Now, why do I have such a big problem with this? Because you're, at least with metformin, you're actually correcting the underlying problem. But what are we doing with, with birth control? What are we attacking? Why are we, why are we giving more estrogen and more progesterone? I mean, that's not even, there's also not even the hormones that are involved with the pathogenesis of PCOS. Right? I mean, what is in birth control? It's typically estrogen and progesterone. Those are the two hormones found in birth control. So what, what, why would I give progesterone estrogen for someone who has PCOS when I just told you that the problem with PCOS is high insulin, low testosterone? That doesn't make any sense to me. 
and also birth control comes with many side effects oh many right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. actually birth control may make things worse it may lead to weight gain mood mood disruption acne it may lead to acne bloating Headaches. yep right dependence you have to depend on the medication and also birth control increases your your risk for blood clots something that we don't mention enough increases your yes. risk for strokes stroke it gives you a risk for um i lost my train of thought there but anyway a bunch of things go up migraines yeah. that's migraines. the one i was thinking and ladies if, if these symptoms sound familiar to you like and subscribe the video so we can help spread our message to more people yeah and again i'm not here demonizing birth control there's a there's a time and place for birth control but when it's when in terms of pcos we're, we're not we're not really getting to the root cause in terms of the current standard of care and I, 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 I just, it just baffles me of how many women are placed on birth control and, and, and unnecessarily just to treat PCOS, you know, it, it just, it, it just, it, it complicates things because now think about it. Let's say you're a woman who wants to get pregnant and you have PCOS and now I prescribe birth control. Are you going to be able to have a child on birth control? That doesn't make any sense. Then I have to take you out of birth control and then more months are going to pass. And then we still haven't corrected the underlying metabolic disease which is high insulin so I, I you know it's just it's just doesn't make any sense to me so i i just want um people to understand that yeah yeah very interesting so sam um yeah i want to talk a little bit about exercise and what role pt has in terms of of, of of treating pcos and preventing it yeah yeah so i spoke about you know supplement nutritional advice that's you know when you see a physical therapist when you see a good physical therapist, most of the time they're going to be holistic, right? And I'm talking about a good physical therapist. They're going to talk about nutrition, stress management. They're going to talk about alternative treatments, things like that. So supplements, you know, um, exercise, diet, lifestyle changes. That's like baseline stuff that I would do, you know, with the patients I've seen. And now the specific part of it is that physical therapy has different specialties, Physical therapy has orthopedic clinical specialists, neurological clinical specialists, sports medicine, geriatric, and actually they have a specialty called pelvic floor therapy or pelvic floor specialty. So pelvic floor PT is, um, is used to treat both men and women with pelvic floor dysfunctions like urinary incontinence, painful sex, pelvic organ prolapse, and many other conditions. Pelvic floor PT can help with the pain that can be associated with PCOS. That same pain that you mentioned earlier, Joe, with the side effects and the symptoms of PCOS. Mm -hmm. Pelvic floor PT can help with that. And some of these some of these pains include abdominal pain. Have you ever experienced abdominal pain? Like just vague abdominal pain, fatigue, pelvic pain, pain with sex, dysmenorrhea or painful periods. So not every woman with PCOS experiences pain, but the ones that do, physical therapy can help. It really can. And I'd, I would I would urge you to seek out a pelvic floor therapist because they're the ones who are specialized in that. They're the ones who, who, who know the techniques to help you manage your, your, your PCOS. And the other part of it is a manual therapy technique called visceral manipulation. So visceral manipulation is a manual therapy technique used to help restore normal movement and function of the organs which may help with fertility. What happens is when we have 
PCOS or when we have liver issues, we have kidney problems, we have abdominal problems, IBS, diverticulitis, if, um, you know, when we have all these abdominal issues, what happens is your organs are actually all connected and in, encompassed within fascia, which is a, it's like a saran wrap that covers your organs. And, and our body and our organs are all connected through fascia, fascial arrangements. The body is connected from head to toe. So what happens when we have fibroids? We didn't speak about fibroids, right, Joe? But fibroids, is it safe to say it's caused by like a very similar issue? Very right? similar. Yeah, very, very, very similar. similar, right? So again, it's just, it's just another part of the problem. So fibroids, it could be painful. What happens is we get scar tissue and adhesions and, and things don't move as well and there's stiffness in the organs. Because just like skeletal muscle and muscles, I've flexed my biceps and I'm doing chest press and push-ups. Just like muscles move within their, within their uh, location, organs also have to move. They have to move mm -hmm. freely. And if there's restrictions, which a visceral manipulation physical therapist can, can look for and feel for with their hands, if there's restrictions in the abdomen, that's going to cause pain. So visceral manipulation is another type of treatment that can help assess the motility of your organs and make sure that everything is moving appropriately and, and if they find stiffness or limitations, they can treat it, okay? So one study with visceral manipulation I want to talk about was on 60 Egyptian women with PCOS, and visceral manipulation helped, uh, it yielded greater improvement in menstrual pain, irregularities of your period, premenstrual symptoms in PCOS, when added to caloric restriction, utilizing the low-calorie diet alone in treating that condition. So I'm not big on calorie restriction, right? We spoke more about ketogenic. However, if you're going to do something, caloric restriction will most likely help you lose weight, which can help manage your PCOS in conjunction with the visceral manipulation. So, I mean, that's a, that's a huge positive right there. And if you guys want to find more about this study, I'll link it in the description. And if you want to learn more about visceral manipulation, it is from the Baral Institute, which I will link as well. So let's finish up here talking about exercise, right? So we spoke about diet. Let's talk about exercise now. Just a modest weight loss of 5 to 10% in overweight women with PCOS is encouraged to yield clinical improvements. Just 5 to 10% of weight loss. And the one form of exercise that's been studied a lot with PCOS is that moderate intensity, right? The, the brisk walk, the jog the 30 minutes a day of regular exercise, the exercise that lowers insulin. But I want to take that a step further. And just like we spoke about high-intensity interval training on our diabetes episode, which high-intensity interval training was, was superior to moderate-intensity exercise when it came to insulin resistance, glucose, all that stuff, and helping patients with diabetes, like Joe said earlier, PCOS is diabetes of the ovary. So yet again, we find another research article that shows high-intensity interval training Okay, is shown to help improve glycemic control, sugar control, in people with PCOS. Okay, It also helps decrease your BMI, which is your body mass index. It helps decrease or improve insulin resistance. It helps increase your good cholesterol, and it also helps to increase 
a sex hormone binding globulin in moder in women with PCOS. Doesn't matter of your age, doesn't matter of your BMI, doesn't matter of your total exercise volume. High intensity interval training is being being shown to be superior to moderate exercise or regular exercise. But that's just nitty gritty stuff, guys or girls. <laughs> I keep saying guys, just exercise. Exercise, eat healthy, and you will see improvements in your PCOS. Thank you for listening to the Internal Therapy Podcast. Like and subscribe to us on all platforms and share this video with someone who would benefit from this content. See you next Wednesday at 7 p.m.